Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Pop Pantheon, the podcast where we completely overanalyze all your favorite pop stars and then rank them in the official Pop Pantheon. This is your host, DJ Louis XIV. I want to welcome you to a special bonus episode of the podcast. As many of you know, I think a lot of you listened, there was a Super Bowl episode recently where Rich Jezwiak of Jezebel came on and we broke down all of the Super Bowls of the last 30 years or so and picked our favorites. Great episode. Highly recommend you go listen to it. Even though uh, the Super Bowl has passed, I still think it's a really fun look back on the Super Bowl halftime show and all the great performances and less great performances that have happened over the last 30 years. So while Rich and I were recording that, we ended up recording way longer than I had expected. We originally also were planning to do a little discussion about the Janet Jackson documentary that came out about a month ago on Lifetime and A&E. Just for some light background, this documentary was sanctioned by Janet. She participated heavily in it. And it was meant to be, I think, a bit of a record straightener or some sort of way for her to address numerous controversies that have swirled around her and had a very profound effect on her position in culture and her robust musical legacy. And so the documentary was billed on kind of like the moment that Janet is going to break her silence, essentially. Both Rich and I are big Janet fans, and we had a lot of thoughts about the documentary and what it did well, and a lot of things that I think we both felt it did less well, and how her legacy has been affected by so many events, both in and out of her control, and no pun intended, and why the documentary didn't quite do what it needed to do to help mediate or fix some of those snafus or help sort of reestablish her legacy. So I thought it would be sad if you guys didn't get to hear this conversation, which ended up getting cut for time. So here it is as a little mini-sode bonus episode. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Pop Pantheon on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow Pop Pantheon Pod on Instagram and me, DJ L-O-U-I-E-X-I-V on both Twitter and Instagram. I also want to give a little heads up. This conversation does include a conversation about Michael Jackson and the allegations of child abuse and sexual abuse that were leveled against him and how it relates to Janet and this documentary. So I just want to make sure I give a trigger warning if that's something that you don't want to listen to, just skip this episode. So here is my conversation with Rich Jezwiak about the Janet Jackson documentary. I feel as though I would be remiss if we don't spend a beat on the Janet Jackson documentary, which I know you wrote about on Jezebel and everyone should go read that. People on this podcast probably know this. I'm a huge Janet fan. Like it's, it's, she might be my number one pop star of all time. I really found the documentary like to be a huge letdown. Yeah. Janet's legacy has been really tarnished. And you've written beautifully about this in the past, about the way that the Super Bowl totally warped her legacy, ended her run of success probably. And I have been waiting, I guess, for something to come along and help reestablish how important and influential she was in her music, in her presentation, in the way that she worked her career. I feel in some ways Janet can be seen as almost if not equal, more of a blueprint for other pop stars than even Madonna is in some ways. I think there's like more pop star careers that you can just easily see how they just like literally went from point A, B, C, following in her footsteps, doing it often much less well. You know, so I feel she belongs in the conversation with the greats. I, I really do believe that Janet's output and influence is of a quality that 
puts her in conversation with Prince and Beyonce and Madonna and all of them, but she's not in that conversation. And, you know, I think that's partially due to always being the little sis, but I think it's also partially due, obviously, to the Super Bowl. So I was hoping with the documentary that I would walk away from this feeling like if somebody watched that, they would get it. Who didn't get right. it before? Right. Right. What how did you how did you feel about it? I felt like the way that it was marketed and the ostensible aim was to like this time she's laying it bare. Janet Jackson is nothing if not shadowy and elusive. And so this seemed like, oh, here's an opportunity. Th- that's just how it was sold. This is how it sold itself to me, while at the same time I am me saying there's no way she's going to do anything but the Janet Jackson thing, which is to dance around certain topics and then uh, not end up saying very much, which is exactly what she did. So there are things that I do like about it, and overall, upfront, whatever, want to state, like, I'm glad that she put herself in front of people again. This did actually seem to connect with people, unlike, you know, every piece of music she's released in the last... 1520 you know since all for you basically so she's like you know in the zeitgeist and i like that and take your victory lap and remind people of your greatness even if you're not really encapsulating it particularly well or or summarizing it particularly well okay whatever it's one thing to just do your janet jackson thing and not explain things that you're talking about (laughs) uh for example the super bowl like we don't actually hear her version of what happened she's never she has never said Point A to point B, the narrative. She's pretended like she's already talked about it, but in all of her talking about it, she's never talked about it. So that's that. I mean, I know we can't know, but it's like, if there was an explanation for it, why wouldn't she give it? At this point, in this context, but what I, so there's that, but that's consistent. What I don't like is rewriting history, is painting Joe Jackson as a good man, which at the very least, he is a complicated man, okay? In the book that she wrote about 10 years ago, or the book that she released about 10 years ago, what is it called? New You or something You? What? I forget, it's like something a, like that. Yeah, it's like a pseudo-memoir. Yeah. She talks about being beat by him once. She said it only happened once, which is the same thing LaToya said, although LaToya also alleged sexual abuse, which then LaToya didn't deny years and years later after she had denied every single thing in her book. Then her second book comes out refuting the first book. Matt Lauer asks her, but were you sexually abused? And she refuses to answer that question, which is a huge question mark for me at the very least. I would be very careful about the words I chose about my potentially sexually abusive father, at least. And what Janet does is she omits any kind of story about the beating that she took at his hand, which she has told before, and completely paves over this story as just like, oh, well, he did everything he could. You know, she 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 in, she involves race in the conversation, which is something that, like, hasn't been explicitly talked about in terms of, like, you know, building the Jacksons up often enough, I would say, to talk about them as black people living in Gary, Indiana, living in the United States. You know, sh- great, do that. But I think she just, like, went way too far to the other side and didn't end up properly situating that and so then it really feels like she's just rewriting history and it's then it's pr you know then it's like okay like what what 
it felt like mafia vibes to me. It was like defend the family at all costs. Like she was doing cleanup duty. That was the vibe I got from it. And frankly, I mean, as you said, I'm glad people watched it. I'm glad that like some people seem to get something out of it. I'd say the the thing I liked the best about it was the Renee's footage from behind the scenes. 100%. That 100%. Was... It just should have been the movie. It just should have been the thing. And then, you know, okay, you're not doing the whole life, but you're talking about this incredibly important part of her career, right. basically her right. peak. There's all of this like invaluable footage. I mean, the footage of her in the studio freaking out at Jimmy Jam. Yeah. And, and I've never seen Janet do that ever, ever, ever. Like that mm-hmm. was a revelation. The fact that Agreed. she has those, that she can be frustrated and angry yeah. and stuff yeah. like I'd never see because she's so meek presenting, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that was amazing. And it was just like, God, I wish we just had more of that because even if it doesn't tell the full story, it's telling a fuller story than we've ever been, than okay. we've ever been privy to. Agree. I, I think the other only like major revelation from it was I to, for me anyway the like level of influence Renee had over like creating who Janet was and how like a lot of the iconic sort of even choreography. I mean, there's like a clip of them in there like choreographing Rhythm Nation like the five four three two one countdown. And just for some brief context, Renee was Janet's boyfriend and then husband from like basically the mid eighties through like the late nineties and was known to be heavily involved in like lots of facets of her career, songwriting videos. It's a little opaque, but we always knew that he was pretty involved in a lot of her peak work, but I don't think I fully processed like how borderline Sven is she almost, or how reliant she seemed on him given the whole sort of like I'm in control narrative being like the birthplace genesis of her career. It really did feel like she had quite a like strong hand on her shoulder from Renee. That was, that was the biggest thing for me. But the thing that I thought like what this documentary should have achieved. And I agree that it could have done it better by focusing on less. I mean, this woman had a long fucking career. So like, it's really hard to like, encapsulate that in four hours but there was a few things that I felt like it needed to achieve that I just didn't feel like I got one was why the music was so influential and transformative I mean control rhythm nation Janet velvet rope these were like transformative pop albums and like auteur statements in like a mainstream pop context which like you don't get that often she was like really able to do stuff with her music that like affected the course of pop music history and I just got none of that from the documentary I feel like they breezed through they were like yeah she had hits hits she was huge they didn't get into why the music was so incredible and why it had such a huge influence and why it was so powerful. So I was like, a documentary that was just about Rhythm Nation could have gotten into that, you know, more in depth or was just about the Velvet Rope or whatever it was could have helped describe that. So that's point one that I felt like they missed. Point two is the Super Bowl thing we talked about. I mean, this event is the most important moment in her career. In 1.5 seconds, her entire legacy and career changed overnight and has never gone back. And she has constantly sort of like leaned on this opaque notion that it was a mistake or something went wrong. But like, that's not what it looks like. And it's really confusing (laughs) why, if there is a logical explanation for it, just tell us what it is. Like, tell us what happened. I mean, my best guess, I don't know what you think, is that 
he was supposed to pull it and the lights were supposed to cut before you, you just were supposed to sort of see the beginning of the pull. I mean, the line is going to have you naked by the end of this song. He reaches over and he pulls her fucking thing off and she has a giant piece of jewelry on her boot. I mean, I, 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 well, I, and the thing comes off. The thing was meant to be removed. It clearly it's not was a meant tear. to be No. Yes, he has. And so, like, I, I don't. There's a time story that came out, I believe, the next day, where like I, I think it was the only time the the person in charge of the wardrobe was interviewed, and he said that the the wardrobe malfunction, which I believe may have been the first time that phrase was used, yes, was due to the, was. The, the the costume collapsing, and I just I didn't see a collapse. I didn't no. see anything. I mean, to her credit, to her credit, she looks shocked. Like when you watch the footage, she does look like immediately she looks down, she grabs it and like something was wrong. So look, I'm not here to crucify her for this. She deserved nothing of what happened to her. It is utterly ridiculous. I think that goes without saying. But to the extent that we're doing sort of legacy repair work in this documentary to like not provide any sort of insight into it is just bizarre feeling to me. And then the third thing, which like, I don't quite know how she would deal with this, but like she was close to Michael, obviously at various points in her life. I was kind of surprised how full throatedly she defended him. I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been. I mean, it's her brother. I understand it's a complicated situation, but in the era we live in, in terms of abuse victims and sort of like giving some sort of benefit of the doubt to people, I was surprised how she just kind of like fully came out and was like, Michael wouldn't do this. And there was no sort of like acknowledgement of like the very credible stories and things that have come out, especially in that HBO documentary. A hundred percent. Well, and that's always the family. The family, you know, the family says that and they say, oh, well, we spent time with those kids. And, and it's like, I, I, unless you're with... Unless you're with your brother every waking moment of every day, you're you're just another bystander. You don't know, like, yeah. So so I I mean like in a way like I would have respected more if she just didn't even go there. If it's yeah, like no, right. actually this but already had fucked to. me she up. She had to. She had to. She, she didn't had have a to. Yeah. But I think it would have been a more of a statement, you know, given because they talk about how she lost a deal with Coke. Yeah. Um, when, you know when when the yes. allegations came out, right. You know in '93. I, you know, if I if that happened to me, I'm like, you know what? This already fucked up my career as it was. Right. I'm right. not even going to go back there. Like, whatever. Or just say something like, I really just don't feel like I can speak objectively about this. This was yes. my brother. I respect victim stories. I just, there's just nothing. You know, I think that's understandable. It's like, I can't imagine being in her position, whatever it is. Like, that's your brother. Like, totally. like I, I, I would have respected that more than sort of just her whole, like, Mike didn't have it in him. Mike didn't have it. I was just like. Like that, okay. My follow up is then okay. Explain to me his pattern of showing up in public holding the hands of like let's say like ten little boys, having them on his laps at award shows and stuff. Look, like it doesn't necessarily mean that he was abusing them, but also what the fuck was that? Because he was carrying them around like men do women. So, yeah. and I'm sorry to say, I watched the HBO documentary. I mean, I was yeah. in some form of denial about this myself. I oh, love 100%. Michael Jackson. Totally. Michael Jackson I don't have is to the, reorganize my life. 
I'm telling you, know? you I'm this man is the greatest entertainer to ever live. Like I, yeah. if, if you're a fan of pop music, like you, this man, he means everything to me. I did not want to believe this. I watched that documentary. What impetus would those two boys come out and have to come out and tell this story? What does that do for them? It was, it, it, I couldn't walk. I, at that point, it's like, you can't turn away from reality. I don't know what, what, what would be the benefit of them doing that? I, I couldn't imagine. Exactly all of that. I just think I always thought that Janet had, with the Super Bowl, an opportunity to, whatever her intention was, point out the very clear hypocrisy that was happening, where it's like, yeah, America wants sex so badly, and you have cheerleaders jiggling their tits all over the place, mm. and then you saw a black woman's exposed breast, and it, that was a step too far. That's absolutely absurd. And the fact that she never took that much of a stance. Yeah. Uh, I found really disappointing because to me, like that is the politics of her music. That Agreed. is the point of like album after album talking about sex. I have no problem with that. I actually think that that was a good thing for the world. Definitely. And it really didn't seem like she was willing to kind of put her money where her mouth was. And I understand at the time, okay, fine. You have an album to promote to me to Joe. You have a career to preserve. Okay, now, like, let's say 15, 16, 17 years later. Yes, exactly. Like, that's what I think. That. It's like, at the time, also, like, I get it a little bit more. She was being utterly crucified. Our yeah. culture was so different. It was the Bush years. There was no internet. There was no sort of like ability to rally around her in the public square. Like it was kind of like gatekeepers sort of informing the narrative in this way that like now we're able to sort of push back on stuff like that. And our language yeah. around all of this stuff has changed so much because of social media and the internet. Exactly. And so I have empathy for that. And I will say I also have empathy for the fact that like this girl has grown up in the public eye. I'd say the other yes. major revelation I had from it is like janet was kind of a rich girl like she grew up like yeah like you know we think of the jacksons as kind of like coming from poverty and like obviously most of the sons lived in like a very sort of lower class sort of almost borderline poverty situation but janet doesn't even remember that that was another documentary revelation for me i guess yeah. was the feeling that like oh like for most of janet's like cognizant existence she's been like kind of famous and like hanging out with diana ross and like you know and sammy davis jr at her house so yeah. that was really interesting so yeah but yeah to your point it's like if you're gonna do this documentary and you're really gonna bear it all like bear it all i felt a little bit manipulated and i just felt like at a certain point i'm not even sure if she knows because she's so media trained because she's grown up under such scrutiny i was trying to parse the entire time like how intentional is her caginess and how much is it just like she doesn't even have a separation? Like I noticed some of the siblings were like, Janet's hard to know. I think, I don't know, maybe it was Rebe or Tito. I can't remember which one of them said it, but yeah, one of them yeah. made a sense. Like Janet's very secretive. Like Janet's, yeah. you know, and yeah, I, Rebe, just, I do. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It seems like a, something that comes kind of naturally to her. Uh, that said, it was like too much and not enough. Yes, uh, exactly. In addition to like kind of not revealing, they have a host of celebrities in there saying absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. like what literally, is what is Tiana Taylor going to tell me about Janet Jackson? And the answer is like, absolutely nothing. Why is that woman in there? I don't I mean, like, well, we get, it, was, I, I, it was like the appearance of legacy establishment without doing the work of legacy. Establishment. Totally. If you're going to establish the legacy, you've got to explain why the music, why the music videos, why the choreography, why the fashion, yeah. why the tours were like the blue 
blueprint of pop stardom. Every single person who has come after her has taken this recipe on some level. And like, she is the trailblazer for this. The whole sort of like virginic tomboy into sexual beast thing, which is like, what? The most cliche pop star trope of all time. She invented that. She invented that. And also the four records and like arguably all for you on some level are pop masterpieces. Like they yeah. are like, they are yeah. like the Mount Rushmore of pop music. And like the, right. the, the, the documentary just didn't do that. It just did. It didn't help do that. I felt like the director just like, isn't like a head. Like I, I feel yeah. like the director just isn't into music. And he was you know? so reverent to her. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, he was so, yeah. he was so deferential to her. And I well, guess that's probably him. what she wanted. Yes, yeah, it's what she wanted, but like, that doesn't make for a good documentary. Sorry. It like, does not. There, there's so much talk today about like, people should tell their own stories and that's not yeah. fair that someone else is telling someone else's story. Well, here's what happens when you tell your own story. You say a bunch of bullshit, nothing, and you're not giving the story. This is why journalism exists. This is exactly. why biographers exist. This is why David Ritz's book about Aretha Franklin is better than the book that he wrote with Aretha Franklin. And why Truth or Dare was such, I mean, not to put them against each other, but why yes. Truth or Dare is a revelation because you see a very unpretty side of her and to her credit, she let that happen. Like she Really? I, I, well, yes, she did. I get the sense that she felt at the time Madonna that she had no unpretty side. Like, <laughs> everything she did was adorable, and she that was a miscalculation. That said, that movie is the standard. It is. Yeah, and no, it, that's the standard of celebrity revelation, without and a doubt. And you walk away from that movie and you're like, oh, God, like, I get something about you that I did not understand before. And, like, it's totally. so good because it's just riveting as a result. Anyway, yeah. I felt like I just couldn't have you here on mic and not ask you about this and not have a minute to talk to you about all of this stuff because I know you were thinking a lot of the same things I were watching this documentary. And frankly, other thing, like, just apropos of nothing, but Demita Joe, the record that came out after the Super Bowl and, like, flopped and began her kind of, like, flop era is really good. And, like, people should go revisit that, I think. Yeah,